Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, it's just after 12 o'clock on 101.9 High FM, and I'd like you to, uh, yes, just sit back and relax and get ready for an hour of fabulous radio. This, of course, is the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. I'm Nikki Seberini with you until 1 o'clock, um, and just delighted that you have decided to tune in. And also, 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 just to let you know, because, you know, we get busy and sometimes things come up and always our shows are podcast. You all just, you really need to do is go to the High FM website and just look for podcasts Thursday, Life Links, Deal Links show, and uh, you'll be able to catch some of the show that you missed or perhaps the entire show that you missed. So I started off and I said we have a fabulous show lined up for you. Once again, thanks to our great producers, Lee and Colleen. Um, a little in just a moment, really, I'm going to be talking to Nicole Fuller. She is not a stranger to the show. She's been on the show before. And you've also heard her name because she is a former elite and Springbok athlete. And she's also a breast cancer warrior um, and an exercise specialist and coach. So we're going to be talking to Nicole um, and, and chatting about exercise and the role that exercise plays um, when you're going through your cancer journey. You know, what what's okay? What's not okay? Should you be exercising? Do you even feel like exercising? Nicole is going to be sharing not only her personal stories, but her expertise as well. Um, and then we're going to be moving on to another wonderful guest who also is no stranger to the show, Dr. Jonathan Moch, who's a specialist psychiatrist, um, mindfulness informed. He's a cognitive therapist, managing director of Project IRTH with a special interest in psychoeducation. And today we're going to be looking at the 10 commandments to live. And we're looking at slightly different commandments to the ones you know, but really just how to live within wellness and joy and peace. Um, and Dr. Moch will be sharing that uh, a little bit later. So that's what you have to look forward to. Also, I want to give you a heads up that we're going to be announcing a fabulous event that is going to be taking place on the 16th of June. If you want an evening of laughter, of joy, and don't we all need to laugh? Don't we all need to just put our heads back and laugh? You know, when you laugh, you have the endorphins, you have dopamine, you have all the good hormones flushing through your body. It is so good for you. I need to laugh. You need to laugh. And, you know, to laugh with Nick Rabinovitz and guests, and I'm going to, I'm going to reveal it only near the end of the show. But just to tell you that uh, you can already start to pull out your diary um, and just pencil in 8 p.m. But I'll tell you a little bit more fabulous free event coming your way, courtesy of the deal link on the 16th of June. So we're going to take a break. And after the break, Nicole Fuller will be talking to us. So please stay exactly where you are. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. So I suppose the question that I need to ask you is, how is Zone 3 treating you? Does it feel like Zone 4? Um, are you enjoying the fact that you can go out and exercise at any time? I've got to tell you, I'm loving that. I'm loving um, my extended walks that I can make my walks a little bit later so it's not so cold, it's not so busy and cramped when you're walking. Um, and I, for one, am enjoying the, 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 the freedom that goes with that. So our next guest really is an exercise specialist besides everything else, being a former elite Springbok 
Springbok athlete and a breast cancer warrior and a coach and a speaker. And, you know, she has grown up in the world of exercise. It's been her career. Now she's taking her wisdom and her knowledge and she's helping um, cancer warriors navigate their way um, during their time of treatment to exercise the correct way. And I suppose, you know, asking yourself the question, what have you been doing over the last few months um, during lockdown? Have you been exercising? Have you taken this time out to do very little? How does it make you feel? Or have you really been going the extra mile? I mean, you hear of extraordinary stories of people doing Ironman, uh, like an, an Ironman race in their own home. So it's Kind of, it's like simulated um, swimming, and then there's a stationary bicycle, and then there's running around the garden. It's quite incredible when you think about it. Really, the only limit is our mind, um, and when our mind is limitless, um, opportunities are limitless. And I love that. And certainly, Nicole Fuller is one who lives by that mantra that we are limitless. So, Nicole, welcome and uh, welcome back. As always, wonderful to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me again, Nikki. It's good to be back. Good to be back in a different form, but we're still connected, and that's what's important. So, Nicole, how has COVID-19 been treating you this time in lockdown in terms of exercise? I mean, you've got a husband who's a runner. You've got children who are very active. You are active. Um, how, how has it been for you? Um, well, we've exercised right through the lockdown. Um, we're actually quite lucky. We have quite a large property, so it's almost 200 meters around. So we were able to run around and, you know, we did a combination, well, I did a combination of running and some plyometrics and sort of sprints. And my young, my youngest son is a very talented runner. Um, so it was quite hard for him because he actually trains in quite a competitive squad, but he, he managed and we all did. Um, you know, it's just, it was amazing, like you said, to see how, how South Africans are. You know, we, we so, South Africans just love their sport and I found it incredible the way we just all embraced it. And like you say, I mean, people were running on their balconies, running around their even dining room tables. I mean, you know, doing and doing these these amazing challenges, um, tri- like you say, triathlons, and you know, in their homes, in their pools, with you know, they even had pool swimming. They were tied to like a, a bicycle tube, so they could swim on the spot. So it was really great to see, you know, how how we do all sort of find ways, you know, to adapt to how the humans adapt to things. You know, it was great. It is. We are so um, adaptable and uh, it's lovely to see just how adaptable we are um, because then again, it just opens up so many possibilities. But I mean, you've grown up very much within a sporting family, Nicole. Um, your father was a, a former Springbok race walker, your mother a provincial netball player. Um, and besides you representing South Africa at six World Half Marathon Championships, you won many South African titles on the track and on the road. Um, even though you weren't able to go, you qualified for the 1996 Atlanta Summer Olympic Games. So it's in your blood. So when you go into lockdown, you know, it's just a minor inconvenience um, to to stop the exercising or to limit the exercising, should we say. What, what would you say to people who have found it difficult to exercise? And because they've had this kind of break, they're finding it really difficult to get back on track. 
You know, Nikki, it's, um, you know, I think people generally, most people find it difficult to, to start and sort of commit to an exercise program. Um, so it is difficult, but I think my advice is, is to actually, I think for most people is to actually find an exercise that you do really enjoy. I know that maybe that sounds difficult in lockdown. But, um, and I think that's the key is to find something that you enjoy and that you can actually cope with. You know, I think a lot of people try do something and, you know, they do too much or, and to start slowly. I think that's also the big secret is to, you know, start slowly and build up because people, you know, they start too fast and then they get very sore. So they don't enjoy it. So like I said, for me, my advice is to, to start slowly to find something that you really enjoy. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and I think if I, I don't know if you're going to um, ask me later, but the benefits are just so incredible. And especially I think with COVID and, you know, the lockdown and just for, and I mean, for, for from mental health as much as physical health, mm-hmm. exercise has just got so many benefits. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, as you said, we've learned so much about ourselves. I think people have learned about how many other exercises are available, even within the confines of COVID, because you go online and people have been offering free yoga and Pilates and stretch and um, what are those sessions called when you go crazy for a minute and then you rest for a minute and you know yeah and dance and so it's it's kind of like you know a whole new world of exercises opened up which is great and uh, maybe this will be the start of people doing something as you put it something that they love because exercise yeah. is so good as you say not only for the body but for the mind so the key would be to find something that that you really do love but but let's start going into your story Nicole I mean you were with us last year and you shared your story we've got listeners who perhaps don't know who you are and maybe you can just share because to be a, a runner to be such a competitive athlete to be so healthy and to have such a healthy mindset you know being able to push yourself and have goals and yet to be diagnosed with breast cancer you know it almost seems unreal how can someone be so healthy and yet to be diagnosed with cancer at the same time. Perhaps you just want to take us through um, when you when you were diagnosed and, and what was going through your mind at the time. Sure. Um, okay, so I discovered a, a swelling in my left breast in 2017. And, um, you know, of course, it was quite a huge shock. And somehow deep down, I knew it was cancer. And anyway, I, so I was actually diagnosed with um, um, lobular carcinoma invasive lobular carcinoma in my in both my breasts so I mean you can just imagine it was an absolute huge shock and as everyone says I mean me being so fit and healthy I've always led a healthy lifestyle so it certainly was a shock but I think my running actually what my running taught me and what I you know learned from my running um, it actually prepared me for that journey you know when you do marathon training you know you you, you really do learn how to push through pain and endure. So that, you know, my, my running really sort of stood me, prepared me. So, you know, I had a remarkable recovery. Look, I was extremely lucky. I never had to undergo chemotherapy or radiation. Um, so, you know, I never sort of let it get to me. I was determined after my mastectomy, um, which is quite a hectic surgery. I had um, double mastectomy and then I had immediate reconstruction. But I think my mindset was that I, I wanted to get back to my exercise as quickly as possible. So it possibly took my mind off worrying about the cancer sort of in the background. And I think that's why it's so important for cancer patients to to have that 
you know, a positive mindset and have something else to work for and to take things one step at a time virtually and not to think too far ahead, but, you know, to, to just sort of prepare yourself for as things sort of come. So, um, you know, I'm, like I say, I'm extremely grateful. And, you know, I, on the show last year, I met Gabby Joseph. He was one of your guests and he'd done yes. the cancer exercise trainings, um, courses in, through this, uh, you know, through an American, it's American institution. And I went on to do that, um, specifically focusing on breast cancer. And, you know, it's so remarkable. I've just, you know, with my own, with my navigation and the exercise program now, you know, the benefits are just, Unbelievable. And I mean, like we said, not only for cancer patients, for, for people in general. And, you know, now in the time of COVID as well, like I said, for mental, mental, even I think more so than physical. And, you know, I've been listening to these podcasts recently on the Australian, it's one of the Australian breast cancer, um, institutes and Australia are really quite far ahead. I'm actually quite impressed. I mean, they're even bringing exercise programs into their cancer centers so that the patients can exercise, you know, before or during treatment. So, um, you know, I've just learned so much. It's really been an incredible journey. Um, and, um, really my, my aim is to, to, to get out there and, you know, try and to share it with, with other cancer patients or people in general, you know, the, yeah, well, that's amazing, Nikami. We're going to take a break, and after the break, um, let's let's start with the sharing. And uh, some of our listeners um, who are warriors or who know people who are warriors perhaps can get some really valuable input and, and tips from you um, on the show today. So let's take a break, and then we'll come right back to you. IFM one hundred and one point nine megahertz of life. Welcome back. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination on 101.9 High FM. Still broadcasting from our various homes or offices. We have not returned to the studio yet and we won't be until uh, um, it's safe to go out. Um, and so we really are very appreciative to the technical team who make it possible for us to do this. So Craig, Flo and the rest of the team tabs thank you so much really um so we can broadcast and we can still stay connected and that's a fabulous thing so i have nicole fuller who's a former elite springbok athlete she's a breast cancer warrior and exercise specialist and coach um nicole you were saying that when you were on the show last gabby joseph um you you were with him uh, and he, you heard about this incredible qualification and you decided to go ahead so you've qualified as a breast cancer exercise specialist through the cancer exercise training Institute of uh, the USA. So, and you mentioned uh, Australia being quite ahead of us, and you were quite specific about it being breast cancer exercise. So just to start off here, is there a difference if you have breast cancer, if you have lung cancer, if you have other cancers and going for different treatments as to what kind of exercise you will be focusing on? Yes, um, definitely. You know, um, you know, breast cancer, I think because of the, the reconstructive surgeries, it's quite specific. Um, so, you know, whether you're having a mastectomy and then, of course, the reconstructive options, which are implants, and then there's some other types of um, reconstructive surgeries where they use your own tissue and stuff. So, you know, there's quite a lot of – it's quite um, – it can cause quite a lot of, as they call it, um, muscle imbalances and range of motion. You know, it can affect your range of motion. So you need very specific, um, 
you know, you need to have someone who knows, um, you know, has the knowledge of what to expect and what to look for in breast cancer patients um, going forward. So, I mean, you have to actually check them out um, to see that they haven't got muscle imbalances and, mm-hmm. you know, they're not developing lymphedema, which is, you know, caused by tissue swelling from auxiliary node dissection. Um, so it's very specific. And, you know, I, I focused on breast cancer to start off with because, you know, it is my passion. But, I mean, um, I'm sure Gabby would elaborate, you know, all the, the different types of cancer and cancer surgeries impact, you know, different parts of the body. So, you know, you, you need specific, you need to sort of have a knowledge on, you know, how it impacts, you know, each different type of surgery impacts and what parts of the body they are on, you know, they, you know, it impacts so that you can plan the exercises because it's so important to, you know, to start slowly with cancer patients and build them up slowly and, and, um, you know, I think they need a, a lot more support and nurturing because it's such an overwhelming experience. Um, and like I said, it's, it's hard to get into exercise. So you need to be nurtured and have someone who understands and knows what they're doing and does it properly. Otherwise, you know, you can cause other complications. So it's mm. it's been an absolutely amazing course because it was incredibly in-depth. Um, and I must have learned so much. And, you know, it's, it's, it's now I need to just get it into practice, you know, more. Um, so yeah. And you, you are doing a lot of your practical training under Professor, uh, Professor Carol Ben, am I correct? Well, that was more for my, my actual navigation. You know, my na- navigation, as you know, is to, to guide patients through the, the cancer journey right from the beginning of their diagnosis uh, and then into treatment. So, um, I did my, I've been doing my practical training through Prof. Ben and the BHF at Helen Joseph because I had to do a year's practical to write my American Oncology and Nurse Navigators generalist exam, which I was due to write now in May, but course, COVID spoiled the party for that as well. Mm-hmm. So that's been postponed. Um, but, but Prof. Ben's been amazing, you know, and she's encouraged and she's so encouraging to try and persuade patients to exercise. So, you know, to, and, you know, like I said, it's so imperative. I've actually got to get out there now or when I can with COVID and get into more oncology centers and talk to more doctors about the benefits of exercise. And, you know, they're so busy that you need someone else who knows exercise and how to deal with cancer patients and exercise and then promote, try and promote it with, within the units. Like I say, in Australia and America, they have these huge oncology centers that have everything, you know, all set up and huge multidisciplinary teams that do everything, you know, and it's so new in South Africa. So, I mean, I'd really, you know, my, my goal is to try and get out and get it into as many oncology units and, you know, doctors and even reconstructive surgeons, you know, um, they know how important it is for their patients to, to get moving and get their range of motion and so that it doesn't cause, you know, problems. And even if you're not exercising, I mean, if your range of motion is impacted and, you know, you, 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 you develop complications which cause more pain on top of everything you're going through with the cancer. So it's so imperative that, you know, you, you, that it's done properly, you know. 
Mm, I think it's great, Nicole, and I, I really hope that more people will start specializing because you've just said, you know, the doctors are so busy, the oncologists are so busy, and they're focusing on what their area of expertise is, and yet a cancer warrior, you know, it's the, the, the whole experience, and as I'm sure you, you will agree to, and, and just based on from interviewing many, many um, cancer warriors is this sense of overwhelm and the not knowing, you know, where do you go to? So you go to support. Groups, you have organizations like the DL Link who support you emotionally, spiritually, you know, there for you on, on so many levels. And still, there's so many unanswered questions in terms of what do you eat. And I think a very, very important part is how do you exercise? You know, we hear from you that it's not a one size fits all, that it is specific. And so to have more people who are specialized in that area, how fantastic. Um, just very quickly, um, Nicole, um, you, you, there, apparently. Apparently, there are benefits to exercising before the actual treatment. I mean, you yourself have said that the fact that you were so healthy helped with your recovery. So what would you say to someone who has been diagnosed, who's waiting to go into treatment, um, and we're talking specifically breast cancer, what kind of exercises, what could they be doing now um, before the treatment starts? You know, like I say, the, the difficult thing is, of course, you've got to distinguish between if you've never exercised and then if you do, you know, if you have exercised. Because it's quite daunting. I mean, so if you, you know, someone's been diagnosed and suddenly now on top of everything, they've got to start exercising. So, I mean, the key is to get the message mm-hmm. out there that, you know, um, exercise just is so important for everybody from, you know, to benefit from, but I mean, like I say, if you, you know, if you are doing a specific exercise before, you know, and you are diagnosed, I think the secret is, is to try and keep it up and to keep it going for as long as you can. You know, of course, it all depends on how quickly your treatment is going to begin, you know, how, you know, how serious your, your cancer is, you know, if it's very aggressive or not, or, you know, mm-hmm. when, when they're going to plan to start your treatment and do your surgery. So of course, there's all those kind of things that, you know, have got to be considered. Um, but you know, that's why it's just so imperative that if, you know, exercise is so important just generally for everyone's health, um, you know, mental health, physical health, because like you say, often you don't even expect a cancer diagnosis. So, you know, you're totally thrown when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, if you're not exercising, it is very difficult to, to suddenly start exercising, especially at that time of diagnosis, you know. And that's again where I think exercise, you know, people who know exercise, cancer exercise specialists, you know, can assist, um, and, you know, prepare, prepare patients. So, you know, it's, it's like I say, it's, it's very difficult to, you know, it all depends on the circumstances before, you know, whether you fit before or you haven't ever exercised on. No. Okay. So obviously difficult to be specific, especially on the show. But if there are cancer warriors who are listening now, um, specifically breast cancer, um, and they're looking at exercising and they're looking at, um, you know, the way forward in terms of exercise and also your navigation, as you said, the route. How, how did they get hold of you, Nicole? Who? Uh, my, my, the who? The, how do the patients get hold of? You? Yes, how do the patients get hold of you, Nicole? Um, okay, so I'm contactable on nicolefuller.co.za. I have a website. 
Um, so they can go into my website. I have all my contact details on my website. Um, and I'm about to, I've actually been doing quite a lot of work now in lockdown just to keep busy. I'm about to upload, um, specific exercises that I sort of have developed my own program, just basic exercises for breast cancer patients, just so that they can sort of see. And they're, they're quite, um, you know, relatively easy just going forward. And of course, like I said, it's so important, you know, that, you know, to assess each individual and their own goals, needs and abilities and to see what type of exercise they're going to enjoy and benefit them. So um, I'm about to upload, you know, um, specific exercises just so that people can see. So that will be linked to my website shortly. Um, and then, like I say, you know, I think it's so important you know, even if patients just want to chat, um, you know, other warriors just to sort of get some advice. I mean, you don't have to do exactly what, but just to get that guidance and, like I say, the support to get started. And, you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, often you're so overwhelmed as a, a cancer patient when you're going through treatment and, you know, you have low self-esteem, you're, you know, you have low body self, you know, your body image, you feel vulnerable after having surgeries and chemo patients having lost their hair. So, you know, there's so many things to look at and patients are vulnerable. And I think, you know, they don't want to go to a gym and, you know, be exercising with all these guys, you know, with these bolts up muscles and pushing weights or women that are extremely cut. So, you know, I think it's so important to find a nurturing environment or to exercise with, be able to, uh, you know, exercise alone with someone supporting them or in groups. You know, I did a, a cancer uh, exercise class with our Brisbane Buddies Support Group, which is part of BA Breast Health Foundation. And, you know, the ladies really enjoyed it because they'd all, they were all survivors or patients. And, you know, they all were together. So they were in the same situation. So I think that's also what's so important. You know, normal personal trainers, you know, in a normal gym, it's difficult for, for cancer patients. Um, so, you know, that's also why I like this sort of, um, to, to, to focus, you know, that, 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 that people need that extra support and that I can help them, you know, to do that. Okay, fantastic. Nicole, so if people want to get hold of you, um, nicolefuller.co.za. Fantastic. Nicole, thank you for your time um, and also all the very best with this um, new specialized training. I think it's great. Um, hopefully more and more people will go for the specialized training and just help the journey for the cancer warriors, uh, you know, make it a, a, a better journey. Um, so thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Nikki. Take care. Bye, Nicole. So we're going to take a break. And after the break, um, our guest is going to be talking about the 10 commandments to live. Um, and that is Dr. Jonathan D. Mach. So don't go anywhere. It's going to be a very, very interesting discussion um, and really points that you will be able to apply. So a quick break and uh, then Dr. Jonathan Mach. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Um, Dr. Jonathan Mach, specialist psychiatrist, um, cognitive therapist, managing director of Project IRTH, special interest in psychoeducation, is joining us this afternoon. Um, always enjoy having Dr. Mach on the show, always so insightful. Um, and today we're going to be talking about the Ten Commandments to Live. So, Dr. Mach, welcome. Lovely to have you on the show. Lovely to be back. Uh, the last time was January, I think, and... Uh, that was uh, yeah, okay. That was pre-COVID. Now we 
be right in the area. Who would have thought, eh? Who would have thought? Listen, I know, you know, you have associations. Um, I remember a few years ago when we were still in the old studio and you'd walked in and I hadn't seen you for a while and you had lost all this weight and I see you as the avocado man. I mean, you're the <laughs> avocado man. <laughs> you spoke about feeding your brain and you said that well, avocados were the way to go. So how's COVID-19 been treating you? Have you been eating lots of avocados? Yes, yes, you know, uh, uh, I'm becoming a bit of a cook here now, you know, uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, so avocado is, you know, one of the superfoods, and uh, I still believe in it, and uh, it's interesting that, you know, the data coming out of, of now this area that's been on for about three months is people are putting on a bit of weight, they're eating carbs. I think, and um, you know, uh, they this this dietary issue is 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 a big thing. And uh, uh, I don't know, do you ever watch Netflix? Really, you were no busy problem. telling me about avocado being um, one of these brilliant foods, um, yeah. and that it's so good for the brain. Yeah, so uh, uh, you know, it's one of these ten commandments: is to eat real food. You know, mostly plant based, not too much. And uh, I think we were cut off, but there's some evidence that coming through now that people at home are putting on a little bit of weight uh, because they're eating a lot more carbs, you know, and mashing. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 Netflix is also one of the advantages of being at home. <laughs> and uh, uh, there's a fantastic series called Cooked. I don't know if you see. <laughs> Not yet. You know, like your brother-in-law's auntie, you know, the one that's cooked. <laughs> but cooked is Michael Polo on a four-part series uh, on, on, on food. And uh, it's absolutely fascinating to, to once again confirm how food is so important to health. Mm. Well, I, I just... Yeah, I mean, I, I was just, I was just saying that isn't it lovely how we've, we have access to these incredible shows. You know, before we didn't have time. Now with COVID, we have more time. So to, to hear recommendations and to watch these kind of shows, incredible. Lots of very interesting documentaries out there on the, on the kind of food that we eat. Um, so let me ask you, Jonathan. I mean, I'm sure that you've been very busy during this time. Have you found that there are more people who need assistance in terms of dealing with the stress of COVID? 19? On the contrary, uh, I've probably been the quietest I've been in 30 years. Uh, you know, uh, I started off uh, in telepsychiatry, which was going on to Zoom, but all the patients uh, are coming back. They far prefer coming to my consulting rooms. Mm. Uh, it's much more personal. Also, uh, you know, I work at home, so uh, uh, we don't really get close together. They, they wash their hands before the consultation, kind of thing. But I, I expected, I expected uh, this. This, um, how can I say, it? Uh, non-urgent, non-urgent kind of. No, how can I say? It? Let me go back one step. It's, it's across the world, it seems, especially in the United States also here in South Africa, that specialists and GPs, the number of patients are right down by something like 70 to 80% because people fear if they go to a hospital or a doctor in a waiting room, they might get COVID-19. 
Uh, also, I think in psychiatry, uh, uh, it's not really a psychiatric problem. It's it's more, you know, uh, uh, how can I say, around fear and uncertainty, more than, let's say, severe depression or panic attacks. Mm. Uh, I, I thought those people who were sitting on the edge, they might go into depression or, uh, you know, severe anxiety. But I think right. there's a lot of core lines. There's a lot of core lines that are dealing with, you know, this. Uh, it's, it's the, you know, I, I, you know the, I don't know how to read the press, but they are expecting post-COVID, when things settle down, uh, that it's going to come out somehow. Uh, you know, it's it's like just been sitting there, and there's going to be an explosion uh, once once uh, social distancing and and going back to work is there. Although although in one area, uh, which is not my expertise, and that's marital therapy. Uh, there's the, the marital therapists I hear worldwide are doing very well, <laughs> very busy, and and unfortunately the dark side is domestic violence. Yeah. Uh, a rabbi rabbi who works in counselling in in, uh, in Israel got back to me a month or so ago and he said it's just it, it's just unbelievable the amount of domestic violence that goes on and um, you know the marriage are poor and there's one that's violence. And unfortunately, that affects children and all that. So, I don't know if domestic violence is a psychiatric issue per se, but that's the one that we can mark. Uh, seems to be that's much much higher. And uh, but people, I think the fear of going into public, going to see a psychiatrist or psychologist, uh, is 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 like stronger than going to the mental health profession, at least today. Yeah. We'll see, maybe a couple of months' time we'll see what, how things change. And it'll be interesting to see, um, you, you're talking about the post-COVID-19, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, if you look around the world and you just see, um, I mean, what's happening in the United States, and I certainly don't want to get into that in detail at all, but, um, you know, the, 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 the simmer and how, um, explosive it is and um, I mean the whole subject matter is explosive and, and it needs to be dealt with and I would say that perhaps the con- being confined, perhaps having the COVID-19 the maybe disappointment with how government's handling things or how, whatever it is and how how there is this explosion and um, maybe it also just talks to just the, the simmering people in their homes. I mean, you're talking about within relationships and domestic violence. So there's this, this kind of, this undertone of holding back and waiting, waiting. It'll, it's, you know, who knows how, how it'll play out. Yeah. I, I think uh, you know, the, the lockdown was relatively simple, quote unquote. Uh, I think there was a lot of copying and pasting from one government to the other without much thinking. But I, unlocking. I think our chief rabbi, for example, he said the the lockdown, you know, closing the shuls was the hardest thing. I think he's going to find, and his team is going to find this hard to unlock unlock uh, appropriately, because already in Israel uh, they've unlocked certain schools, and about I think ten or twelve of them have been closed now. There was one kid or one teacher was positive, and the whole school has to go into quarantine mm. for two weeks. I mean, that that. That is going to be uh, something, I think, uh, going to be deeply psychological because you're going into a jail 
actually, you have to go into quarantine. We've been through this all together. And because somebody in my school, um, my teacher was positive, means I have to go now and into semi-solitary confinement for two weeks. So I think this sure. is going to cause, um, especially in, in education uh, systems, uh, I think the work will, you know, the work if you're in the knowledge economy and you can use, uh, uh, you know, your, 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 your technology, your laptops and your, your iPads, I think you're probably okay. But um, it's going to be where people are crowded. My wife, mm-hmm. who's uh, quite, quite senior at Wits University, believes there are going to be no more, no more large lectures. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you're only going to come in for a small group tutorials or, uh, or, or or where you need the let's call it the hands-on so if you're a medical student you have to examine patients but that's also going to be socially distant so uh, yeah yeah uh, may, maybe uh, what you talk about a summer is, is is good I think that's right but we don't know what the one year or two year or three year effects going to be you know uh, we could be all on like a honeymoon you know if you go away I go away we go away for two, three months or a month. We go to on holiday, and uh, it's kind of social distancing if you you know if you stay in the sticks. But it's uh, three, six, nine months. Very difficult. We as social animals not to have social contact. Too true. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we wait, but let's bring ourselves back to the present moment. You are. You know, indeed, uh, uh, a teacher of mindfulness. So back to the now where we can work on what we're going through now. And that is your incredible 10 commandments to live in the COVID-19 era. So let's start with, um, let's start with, uh, number one. Be sensible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what is that? Okay. What, what does that even mean? <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, okay. So, so, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, let me give you just 30 sec, uh, 30 seconds, uh, history to this. So in 2002, I was invited to London for my first, uh, lecture tour there. And, uh, I had read a lot about, uh, stress and, uh, and what to do. So I had to give to all these groups I was speaking to a handout. So that was my 10 commandments of stress management. And looking back on it, uh, I have iterated and modified and, uh, I didn't have be sensible as one of them, but I think 18 years of looking at uh, stresses, a lot of people's stresses are what they can't control. Mm. Uh, and when you can, you know, to the uh, serenity prayer of, of, of Alcoholics Anonymous is the wisdom to know the difference between what you can and can't control. And what you can control, that's where you put your effort in. A lot of people waste a lot of energy and time uh, on what they can't control. Uh, you know, uh, you know, people, uh, this craziness of, I think it's a little bit on the uh, downtrend now, but waking up every morning and looking at websites and, and, and the, the targets moving, how many positive cases, how many deaths, you can't really control it. You can't control the, the deaths in New York City. But what you can do is control how you eat or when you sleep. Or what I've done in my house, which has been magnificent, is find little patches of garden or learning how to cook. Mm. I mean, my wife said I could, this morning I made a magnificent breakfast. She said, <laughs> you know, 33 years married, I never knew you had this potential. But, uh, 
I mean, if you want to come, you can come over my omelette. It's beautiful with cheese. <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is, if you look around, uh, there's a lot more things you can control that has much better consequences uh, than what you think you can control by making uh, all kinds of pronouncements or worrying, uh, you know, uh, what you can't control. So I, I think that's that's. That's definitely the number one thing is be sensible. What you can control, control and focus on that. And what you can't control, yeah, it's interesting, but let it go. Let it go. Okay. Well, listen, we're going to take, we're going to let you go for 30 seconds while we go to an ad and then we'll be back um, with the sure. 10 commandments. So don't go anywhere. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Well, welcome back to the Deal Link Show. I have Dr. Jonathan Moch um, on the line, and we're talking about the Ten Commandments. Jonathan, we don't have too much time left, so we're going to go through these Ten Commandments, and perhaps you can highlight one or two that you feel are really important. But you've just spoken about being sensible. Number two, sleep okay. well. Three, yeah. move so, often. Wait, you know, we discussed okay. exercise. Yes, yes, Jonathan, so you were going to say. Just on the sleep well, that's, that's been one of the nice things is uh, – I don't have to get up at, you know, six or half past six to, how can I say, to get to school or to run the kids to school. Right. So I'm getting my seven and a half hours, even half past eleven till, till seven, and I feel much better. So people should sleep well, and there's this whole sleep hygiene, you know, that goes with it. Move often. Uh, one of the greatest things uh, that I've seen of the COVID-19 here in Glen Hazel was the six to nine exercise window. And I saw thousands, thousands of people when you walk the streets of Great Glen Hazel exercising. You know, I phoned my cousin in San Diego, said, you can't believe it. Kids are on their bicycles playing in the street. And what Mm -hmm. did you tell me 20 years ago? So it's not about exercising. It's really about moving. Uh, If you've got steps, move up up and down the steps, stretch, uh, pick up this or or, or, or walk uh, is a form of exercise. And that's been... It's been shown that people who are fit, fit, uh, physically fit and move often, uh, have a much better immune system. And, and that might be the bottom line here is how do you keep your immune system as strong as possible? Okay. And then, uh, what you want to eat real food? Yeah. Hello? Hello, no, I can hear you. Yeah. I can hear you, Jonathan. You go ahead because we really don't have much time left. So okay. you go so ahead eat, through the rest of them. Okay. So eat real food. He's, he's really Michael Polon. He's mainly plant-based, uh, not too much. Um, I think uh, you know it's it's a wonderful opportunity to to actually cook by going to the the shops and getting the natural ingredients and making your soups and casseroles and all of that, as opposed to uh, fast food. Uh, then I uh, love more. Uh, I, I hear there was a song saying we are together. And uh, I think um, the relationships, uh, it might all come down to relationships, you know, that uh, it's about listening well, talking less, listening mm. with intent, con- connecting with those alone. You know, uh, I I, uh, I was going to the room Garden Schultz here, which is mainly for the elderly, and they've had a very severe lockdown, almost solitary confinement. But uh, there's a guy, Joel, who stays there, and uh, he every day he sends me a report. I took on this that kind of uh, idea 
that I must keep in contact with one person. Every day he sends me an email on what's happening in the Standing Gardens complex. It's actually quite hilarious. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on Shavuot people complaining, why, why no cheesecake? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was their big moan. They didn't get their cheesecake. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, relationships is, you know, we can go through these, these ten, but I, I just may want to make one big point. I think that yes. this, uh, you know, my, my life in stress goes back 40 years. I've actually wrote a 30-page article on this on my history in stress. And uh, there, there's, there's one thing that's really, really important. And that is that it's how your attitude towards your attitude that you have towards life. And it sounds a bit flippant, but when it says, do not let a good crisis pass over, um, I think there's a lot of truth in that, in that a crisis like COVID-19 can make you stand back and, and really think of what is important. And yeah. the, the COVID-19, as from a stress point of view, 40 years on, and seeing right, really the whole, the whole, the whole uh, kind of... Jonathan, we're going to have to wrap up. I'm so yeah. sorry to interrupt. Please, we're going to have to wrap up. We're running okay, out I, of time. I, I'm so sorry. I'll just say this. Is, is that this COVID-19 has been the best, the greatest stress test for, for humanity. And any stress you can look at as bad or good. And I think maybe overall the whole philosophy he says, how, what, what am I learning from this? How can I improve my life going forward? Thank you so much, uh, Jonathan. As always, really wonderful to have you on the show. And I think if people want to hear more of the Ten Commandments, they can contact you directly via your website. Yes, yes. yes. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much thank and thank you. you for joining us and sharing your wisdom with Please us. Take go care. Well. My pleasure. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So it's be sensible, sleep well, move often, eat real food, love more, de-stress regularly, practice mindfulness, detox from screens and technology, connect with nature and develop an attitude of kindness, gratitude, forgiveness and generosity. It's, as he said, it's all about mindset. I absolutely love that. Um, as I said, on the 16th of June, something very interesting happening. And all I want you to do is save the date. Put it in your diary because this year we had to cancel our three C's dinner due to COVID-19, which is a big, oh, no, because it really is the highlight every single year. But if you've attended one before, you know the comedy, music, and joy that comes out of it. So that is why this year we're hosting a night with Nick Rabinovitz and Gilly Apter and Khoni G. All for free. It's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal evening. 16 June, 8 p.m. The registration, it's for free. You're going to have to register beforehand. So what I recommend you do is email the DL link, dllink.co.za, and just tell them that you want to join. They will book your seat, and you'll be sent um, the link to register. But don't take my word for it. Take Nick's word for it. Here he is. So Nick, you're actually, you haven't joined us to talk about cricket. You've joined us to talk about the Deer Link because you're doing a charity fundraiser for the Deer Link on the 16th of June. Tell us about it. That is correct. Uh, I've done the Deer Link dinner for the last couple of years and they're always very memorable events. I can remember an art auction two years ago in a very 
cramped the Capri, the Capri Hotel, wherever that is. Um, very, very cramped selling Orthodox art, uh, Orthodox Jewish art, which uh, I was unable to sell. But what a wonderful dinner. And also an old gentleman came up to me and said, you must be very careful with the statins. The statins, not good. I mean, they're good. They can have side effects. I've had nine car crashes in the last two and a half months. And so things like this, um, I, I just do the gig really for extra material that I get from being there. But of course, uh, such a worthy cause, um, supporting not just cancer survivors, but their families and the deal link do such an incredible job. And of course, in, in what, with what we're dealing with right now, their work is, is even more important. So we're having an online dinner. I, I believe it's free to register. I will be doing some comedy. There'll be some online magic. I've never, I've never seen that happen yet, but Ilan Smith will be there. As will Khoni G. What Jewish event is, is complete without the wonderful, wonderful voice? I mean, it just sends shivers. Sometimes I just get shivers up. I can remember that Maya Roberts' <laughs> wedding. I mean, he just sang like an angel, like an absolute one Jewish idols, you know. It was always his dream to be his mommy once said to him, Rokula, Rokula, uh, uh, Rokula, Said, what do you want to be, Hans, when you grow up? Except not in that accent. She said, what do you want to be, one Hansi? What do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, a rock star. She said, how wonderful, a cousin. And that's how he became a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Nick, on the 16th of June, 8 p.m., we'll send out the link on behalf of the Dear Link, an amazing organization that does unbelievable work supporting the victims of cancer <laughs> in our community and, and their recovery and their families going through the process as well. An unbelievable cause. Thank you so much for all the support you do for our community. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you for coming on board to speak about your cricket tonight, and we'll see you on the 16th of June, 8 p.m. Thanks, Howie. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Nick. Thanks. Ciao. Ciao.